Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all listeners and viewers from wherever in the world you are. Thank you for joining me for another episode of All Things Faith Walk. This is where the word of God is made practical. This is All Things Faith Walk, where the word of God is made practical. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time, I pray you'll find it a blessing and a good reason for being here and a good reason for coming back. I want to invite you to follow me on Books by Rosemarie on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find me at Books by Rosemarie Downer. Twitter is Books Rosemarie. And again, the name of this podcast is All Things Faith Walk. My website is booksbyrosemarie.com. So I'm again inviting you to subscribe, inviting you to comment. I'm inviting you to share and like. I like to engage with my listeners and viewers. So today I am coming to you out of another book that I wrote. And the title of this book is The Self-Scarred Church, Healing for the Seven Most Damaging Self-Inflicting Wounds to the Church. The Self-Scarred Church. This book is available on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble. As I go through each chapter of this book on a different episode on All Things Faith Walk, you will see why I titled the book, The Self-Scar Church. But a quick insight into my thoughts behind this is, we are the church. The building is not the church. The music we play is not the church. The people make up the church. So when we behave in unchrist-like manner, when we behave in damaging manner, when we hurt each other, when we are self-driven in ministry, when we do anything outside of the character of Christ, we are scarring the church. We are damaging the church. So if we are the church and we act in such manner, we're damaging the church. So this is why the book is called The Self-Scar Church. The book has 17 chapters. I won't go through all 17 chapters, but I will go through the seven wounds that we inflict on the church in, in a separate podcast episode. Today, I want to do the introduction. And that that's, can be found in chapter one, which is putting things into perspective. And the seven wounds that will follow in seven different episodes are lack of vision, survival mentality, anti-pharisaical tendencies, crab syndrome, poverty mentality, recognition curse, and king leadership. Then I will wrap up with what the father's desires are toward us as his people, as his bride. So now let's look at, um, also I think I will talk about what do we do now? What, what do we do after talking about these seven scars? And then a word for the leaders I will provide in chapter 11. Um, the book also has, a, has some final thoughts, which I won't go into, but I will do the seven wounds. I will talk about the desires the father has towards us. I'll talk about what we can do to correct those, cause, those scars. And I will talk about as few advice for church leaders. So chapter one, putting things into perspective. 
what I want to do in this discussion is to have us understand who we are as a people, who we are as human beings. Um, first of all, we must understand that we are all different. There is no one that is made exactly like you. You are uniquely made and so am I. There's no other Rosemary Downer on this globe. You may have my name, but you are not exactly who I am. We are all different. And though we are all different, we all have basic needs. We all have the same basic needs. So our basic needs, these are basic. These are inherent. We are born with these needs. And my basic needs are not different from yours. We are two different individuals, but we have the same basic needs. Our basic needs must be fulfilled. They must be met or we will be incomplete. And so we go about meeting these needs. Some of us are some needs in a healthy manner or Christ-like manner and some in an unhealthy manner or unchristlike manner. Either way, we seek to meet these needs. So we are all prone, however, to meeting our needs unhealthily. Unless there's divine intervention from the Father or some sort of cultivating, because we have that rawness to us, we have that ego to us, we have that um, uncultured, intrinsic part of us that if we are hungry, we're going to get food some kind of way. If we, the basic need, if we want gratification, we're going to get it some kind of way. So unless we are trained by Holy Spirit or some sort of intervention or a natural instinct is to get those needs met in an unhealthy manner. The church has people in it, are made up of flawed people who continue to seek to meet those needs unhealthily. Not because we have come to Christ mean that all these things go away. They're not miraculously gone. We have to work out our soul salvation to work through those kinks, to work through those flaws, to work through those deficiencies in our personality and in our character. So 1 John 1 verses 8 to 9 tell us that if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So we must understand that none of us is complete and all of us sin to some degree or another. In the, I'm talking to church people right now. I'm talking to preachers and bishops and priests and, and altar workers and worship leaders and Bible teachers. All of us, we all sin at some point. And if we say we have no sin, we're lying to ourselves. And so the goal is to have the Holy Ghost teach us and train us how to act, even in, you know, or in our greatest need, act like Christ would act. And the root of our needs the root of our misdeeds, the root of why we act the way we do are our emotional needs. I'm not really talking about physical needs today. I'm talking about our emotional needs. And I'll go some more into what those emotional needs um, look like. I want to build this conversation around Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow is a humanistic psychologist of the 1930s. He said we have some basic needs that are set in hierarchy. Uh, we have five broad categories of needs across the human race, five broad categories of needs. 
And these needs are placed in hierarchy with the most basic or the lowest or the least to the greatest of the five. And the five categories are physiological needs, safety needs, belonging needs, esteem needs, and self-actualization needs. So physiological needs are needs like food, water, sex, um, shelter, basic needs that the human race must have. I I can put sex in parenthesis because we can live without that. Um, But we can't live without food. We can't live without water. And we can't live without a roof over our heads. Safety is not speaking of physical safety. It is speaking of emotional safety. Where you can be yourself and not be ridiculed. You can be yourself and not be talked about. You can express your needs and feel heard. That's safety. And we thrive in safe environments. Belonging, we all have a sense of belongingness or, or we all have a need, I should, I should say, for belongingness, a sense of community where you are connected to a group of people and you feel like you're making a contribution to that group and that group is making a contribution to you. You, you belong somewhere. And, and this doesn't necessarily mean just your family. We're talking about church community. We're talking about maybe a book club, a girls club, a women's men's group, or a rotary group, or a sports team where you can shine, where others can shine and you can applaud them and folks can applaud you. Connectivity, community, we all need that. That place needs to be safe emotionally. And then we also have a need for esteem, where we must feel like we're good at something. We must feel like we can, we have skills, we have abilities. Um, so, so the esteem comes from ability to do things. And then we have a need for self-actualization. Self-actualization is where we feel like we are fulfilled where we feel like we have accomplished it, not arrived, not better than others, but within ourselves, I feel like I have achieved what I can. And usually once you get there, it opens up again to another level. So we are never settled and permanently in self-actualization. You always aspire for more as a human being. Once we are alive, we never stop or rest permanently in self-actualization. So again, the, the five basic broad category needs are physiological, safety, belongingness, esteem, and self-actualization. And that is the uh, pyramid for those who are viewing what this figure looks like. So at the base, you'll see physiological, and then you'll see safety, then you'll see belongingness, then you'll see esteem, and then you'll see self-actualization. And fewer and fewer people achieve the higher levels. That's why it's set in a pyramid such as this. Okay. So does it mean then that because these are needs and that they must be met, we should act ungodly to meet them? We have to meet them. We, 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 they're, they're wired in us. And if we can't get them met in a healthy way, does it mean that it's okay act in an ungodly way to meet them? And I would dare say that a lot of times we go about 
seeking to meet these needs in unhealthy ways without realizing that we're doing it. So this is not an accusatory statement that we meet them in unhealthy ways. Some of us, that's all we know. And to us, it's normal. Um, so going about <laughs> in the church in an unchrist manner, and I'll um, ungodly manner, and I'll talk more specifically what that looks like in a minute. So three factors are at play here in the context of the church, why we see so much of this. First of all, we tend to operate out of the character of Christ and therefore seek to meet these needs through ungodly means. I've already established that. In the church, we operate in ungodly ways. We see it with jealousy, competition, um, attention-seeking behaviors, unhealthy relationships, just to meet our needs. And again, I'm not talking about physical needs, physiological needs. Um, barely any of us don't have food to eat in the Western world. Barely any of us don't, don't have a home. We have bigger houses than we need. We have more clothes than we can wear, more shoes than we can wear. Our refrigerators and cupboards are full. We go out to eat all the time. So I'm not talking about physiological needs. Um, go to the next one, and the next one is, is probably where I'm coming from. Safety is a big thing in the church. Um, so point number two, the church is not as effective as she should be in providing a setting that engenders healthy means by which to meet these needs. The church is not aware or doesn't function in a manner that addresses these needs in people. So yes, we're busy having church, but a lot of churches do not focus on the emotional needs of its congregants. We are called to be whole, W-H-O-L-E, not just H-O-L-Y. Yes, we should be holy and that's spiritual, but we have different domains. We have a physical domain, we have a cognitive domain, we have a social domain, we have an emotional domain, and we have a spiritual domain. And too many churches are focused solely on the spiritual domain. So because we don't focus on the other domains, we have more church churches now focusing on the cognitive domain. We don't recognize when our people are going out of their way intentionally and unintentionally to meet those other needs. So the church is not effective as she should be in providing a setting that engenders healthy means by which we can meet these needs. Thirdly, these are needs and not wants. So we find ways to meet them, whether they are healthy or unhealthy. If a person is homeless and hungry, they would put themselves in physical danger just to get some food or just to find somewhere to lay their head because that's a basic inherent need, not a want. So if you feel like you're not getting the esteem that you should get. It's a need. These are not wants. Just like you would go out of your way to get that piece of bread, you'll go out of your way to get the attention that you feel you are not getting. And when you begin to go out of your way to get it, it's going to be done in an unhealthy manner. This is why we have so many people in the church in need of being in visible ministries. So few want to be behind the scenes because their esteem recognition need is unmet. 
And some of these needs are coming way from childhood where the significant figures in their lives, like parents and teachers, did not affirm them, did not let them know that they can do it. They're worth it. They're beautiful. They're all that and more. So that emptiness, I call it emotional hunger, is there through childhood, teenage years, adulthood. Now they come into church as young adults or grownups, and that emotional hunger is still there. So they look eager to work. They look that they're very entrenched in the ministry, but their drive, underlying motive and cause for being so entrenched is a hunger for esteem. If the church can recognize these kinds of hunger and begin to train people and tailor people and in a healthy way meet these needs, a lot of the breakups, a lot of the pain, a lot of the conflicts, a lot of the falling away we see in the body of Christ would not take place. We ourselves are the church. And when we conduct ourselves in these manners, we scar the church. So again, physiological needs are mostly met in the church, members in the Western world. Safety needs, I'm speaking of, not physical needs. Belonging needs is community. And so now let's look at what Maslow is talking about here. So let's start with belongingness, the need for a community. We're talking about a niche. We're talking about a place where you can use your skills and talents and be appreciated. We're talking about a place where you can make, make contributions to growth and, and advancement. So when these needs are not met in a church setting, these needs where you, you find the right fit, you find a niche and, and you belong and you can serve and you can be served and you are thriving, you are growing and you have rich relationships. When those needs are not met in a church setting, you get church hopping. People go from church to church looking for connectivity, looking for belongingness. You also get people pleasing behaviors where because I want to connect, because I want to belong, I'm going to behave in a certain way so I please people. You get compromise. You get cultural insensitivity. You get lack of diversity because people want to blend in. People want to fit in. So this is where you see scars to the church. Church hopping is not healthy. Church pleasing is not healthy. Compromise is not healthy. Cultural sensitivity is not healthy. Lack of diversity is not healthy. And these things are in the church because we want to belong. We want to connect. Now let's look at self-esteem. The need for esteem, recognition, praise, acknowledgement, accolades, pulpit ministry. These days you find more titles than anything else. People are popping up with doctoral degrees that I don't know where they're getting them from. People are calling themselves bishop, doctor, prophet, X, Y, Z, pastor, doctor, X, Y, Z. I don't understand why you need more than one titles before your name. Are you schizophrenic? Which one are you and when are you what? These are needs for esteem. We have, we have come to place so much value on titles. People are buying them. People are getting them overnight. I mean, you, you name it. It's a need for esteem. And we don't realize we're driven by these needs. I believe the best title to be called is child of God. Hey, glory. Glory. The best title to be called is child of God. 
Do we need a title to make it into the kingdom? I don't think so. In fact, you don't. Recognition, praise, acknowledgement, accolades, pulpit ministry. So because of these, this underlying need for esteem that many people are functioning under, but don't seem to realize that you find jealousy, you find competition, you find power struggle, you find uh, abuse of authority, you find negative talk about others, and you find the absence of servant service, if there's such a thing. You serve, but are you serving from the heart of a servant? What is the motive behind you serving? What is the motive behind you going to preach here and there or teaching here and there or, or going on this mission trip or visiting? What's the motive behind why you do what you do? If you were taken out of the pulpit and never preach again, would you be willing to clean the toilet? Would you be willing to rake leaves? Would you be willing to, to shovel the snow? Many people aren't willing to do those kind of tasks because of an esteem need. The church need to recognize the people you have in the midst of you that are hungry for esteem, that are driven by this need and therefore are acting in an ungodly manner. Pastors and church leaders need to know this. Thirdly, let's look at self-actualization. And this is a level where very few of us get to. Because we're so stuck. As a matter of fact, Maslow says you can't go from one need to the other before meeting that lower order need. So if you're hungry and homeless, you're not concerned about community right now. Your focus is food and shelter. Until that is met, then you start being concerned about belongingness. And once you get that met, then you begin to be concerned about esteem. So, so many of us are stuck at belongingness and esteem. We're not mature emotionally enough to be concerned about self-actualization. So self-actualization looks like power, looks like control, it looks like authority, it looks like self-acceptance, it looks like confidence, God confidence. It's not pride, it's God confidence where, where you accept yourself, you're settled in who you are. You, you, you're not living in regret and jealousy and, and compromise and, and competition and, and want to be seen. This social media is wonderful, but it's really a platform where people can toot their horn and, and just amplify themselves out of that need. When you're self-actualized, you have no need for doing that. So we see the need for self-actualization trying to be met in the church, the opening up of storefront churches. That's one of them. And you just pop you pop up this storefront church and now you're a pastor, you're a self-ordained pastor. And I'll talk about that later on in, in, in later chapters of this book. Self-instituted leadership and pastoring, self-righteousness, a sense of elitism above other denominations and religions. It's, it's where you, again, look at all of what I've put here. It's self Self, self. So you're trying to self-actualize by esteeming yourself above others, which Philippians 2 tells us not to do. Do not esteem yourself above others. Don't think of yourself more highly than others. Self-actualization, put in a, in a godly context, is God-confidence. It's God-confidence in knowing who you are and whose you are. 
The church needs to come out of competition. The church needs to come out of jealousy. The church needs to come out of criticism of each other. You know, some of the wounds, I one of the wounds I talk about is the crab syndrome, poverty mentality. We, we'll get into that later on. So the lack of vision is, is the first wound I want to talk about because this is a huge one. If leaders of the church don't have a vision, I don't know where the church is going to go. And, and, and not talking about the church universally, but talking about local assemblies. If the pastor of a local assembly do not have a vision, the church is in trouble. So this is a quick introduction of what I cover in uh, chapter one, of course, it goes into much more detail in the book um, and talking about scenarios and examples of, of how it's played out, putting things in perspective, that these flaws that we see in the body of Christ are driven out of basic needs with which we are all created. So I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for this episode of All Things Faith Walk where we make the word of God practical. We are called to walk in humility, in service, with the heart of the Father. Philippians 2 verse 5 says, we should have the mind of Christ and all that we need is found in him. We should seek to lift up another person and not lift up ourselves. So, I pray that I have put something in perspective today for us to get a better understanding of why we see some of what we see in the church and where the church needs to come up to so we can understand people, not just hallelujah, praise the Lord, not just let's pray about it, but how we are wired, how we are made, how the past that we all have experienced have made us who we are today and brought us to where we are today. The church is to cultivate wholeness, W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S, wholeness, not just holiness, but wholeness. He wants us whole, not just healed. So thank you again for joining me. This is again coming out of the book, The Self-Scarred Church, Healing for the Seven Most Damaging Wounds to the Church. And these wounds are self-inflicted. The book can be found on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and on my website, booksbyrosemarie.com. Thank you again for subscribing. Thank you for liking, and thank you for sharing. Thank you for joining me on this episode of All Things Faith Walk, where the Word of God is made practical. Be blessed, be blessed, and be blessed again. Until next time.